This is part two of a special OTL podcast looking back at the 1995 Scottish Cup final. Part one was an overview from the fans, but what do we know? We never kicked a ball. On this podcast, two men who very much did, Paul Jack and Alex McDonald. Before we start, a massive thanks to Tam Close for getting me a phone number to speak with Alex McDonald, to Alex McDonald and Paul Jack for taking my calls, and to Stephen Eaton for pulling together the clip of Doddyisms, which you'll hear at the end. I also have to give a massive thanks to Robert DL for giving me some of his excellent photos from the day to form the artwork for the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Right, you've heard the view from the fans of that famous cup run and I'm now delighted to be joined again on the podcast by uh, somebody who was in the midst of it. So thank you for, for giving me your time again. I've got Paul Jack on the line. Uh, Paul, great to hear from you again. How, how are you getting on? Uh, thanks for the invite, Colin. I, I'm doing all well. I'm doing not too bad. Uh, obviously, with the, the, the way the world is just now, I'm, I'm fortunate enough I can work from home, even though I do work abroad. So... I've kind of got a, a mini a mini office out in, the, uh, in my garden, so I'm, I'm quite lucky that way. I've I've been working away, and I think if I wasn't working, it would have been a lot harder. But uh, but I'm yeah, I'm doing alright. Good, keep yourself busy. Uh, like well, we've, we had a week quick catch up before we started recording but uh, I think we're both in shock that it's 25 years since that cup final in 1995 so uh, yeah I mean does your football career does it seem forever ago or are are the memories still fresh for for something as as big as that? No uh, it is is hard to believe it is 25 years to be fair Uh, there's a lot happened since then but uh, I mean my memories of games and the camaraderie of the team, the club, the fans itself uh, are still strong. Uh, obviously, I get reminded quite a lot when I see people. And you do, when they ask you a question, you're like, no, you just think, and you automatically you answer that as if it was just the other day. And what about that cup run then? So I think that the stops along it were Stirling away, uh, Dunfermline at Broadwood, quarter-final against Wraith Rovers, semi-final against Hearts at Hamden, and then, and then Celtic in the, the semi-final. And when we're having the, the catch-up with the fans, we're saying Doddy was really tactically on it for some of those games. And we were talking about your role, especially against uh, Hearts. He obviously trusted you to go out and, and man-mark someone. So, uh, I mean, what are your key memories from it? Was Were you told to do a, a job on John Robertson that day? And are there, can you remember what you had to do at Kirkcaldy? What, what are the key things? Yeah, uh, I mean, I can even remember, yeah, especially at Kirkcaldy, the thing that stands out the most is obviously... I think it was probably one of the best games we played, uh, especially Paul Harvey and the goals we scored. Uh, and to go there and win convincingly, and it was convincingly, the score was just as good as the, we we played. Uh, that, that was I thought that was an exceptional game from everybody in the team up there. Then obviously you've got uh, the Hearts in the semis and. And if I'm being quite honest here, as soon as we as soon as we got hearts and people can say what they want, but we knew we'd win. We just knew we'd win. Uh, and obviously I I got asked to do a a kind of man marking role on B Robo. Uh, and I thought I'd done that effective enough. He never he never 
he never scored and he got kind of a sore head early doors but these things happen in games <laughs> and, he, and he, he obviously had had enough by the end because he did get a red card right near yeah. the end of the match I mean, I'm, I don't know if you, you've got Netflix I'm watching uh, The Last Dance which is all about Michael Jordan the, the Chicago Bulls uh, and they're doing lots of bits with the players that were in his team so I don't know anything about basketball uh, but, but it's a great documentary and, and what strikes you is I mean, similar to Scottish football, they're playing the same teams all the time, uh, and they know all the characters. And they'll talk about openly who he had the there was the most animosity in these matches, and uh, this was the big rivalry. So, uh, you've mentioned Hearts with a great record against them. That Wraith Rovers team you played in the league four times that year. You knocked them out the B and Q Cup on the way to winning that, and then we obviously had the semi final that we lost in penalties in the Coca Cola Cup. So you must have known each other very well by the time you're, you're getting to that quarter final uh, what does that mean is it is it quite uh, is it like trash talking on the pitch or uh, are you do you all get on as as footballers how how tense was it on the pitch uh, well going back to your first point regarding the Michael Jordan I actually watched that just the other week there I think I watched about three four episodes in a row and wouldn't go to my bed but I could relate to what they were saying and what happens with your own team and we kind of had that as well. We had individual players that were that were very demanding but everybody was demanding in their own right. Uh, but going against like Rafe Rovers, it's, it's, a, it's boys like Paul Harvey and your John Davis at the time and even me Nipper at it's, it's boys that you know can win games. It's just trying to encourage them. Or what I would do is probably give them a hard time and give them a kick up the arse. Uh, and just saying, look, you're better than that. You know what I mean? These two guys, especially Paul Harvey, was an exceptional football player. And and, and they'd done the business against Ray Vores, to be fair. Oh, I mean, it was exceptional that day. And what I must say, it's probably as good a, a performance as... Uh, as well, we're taking in context of how good a season they were having, it was away from home and it was four one. It could have been eight one when you look at the highlights. Yes. Uh, there was loads of chances, so uh, yeah, uh, that's quite interesting. So uh, on on the pitch, you're all giving each other quite a bit just to. Or would that be your style? Would you would you be quite aggressive in trying to like, come on, pull it together? You're you're not at it today. If if you felt that somebody wasn't having a great game, yeah. Uh, I would be, and to be fair, I mean, I, I mean, I got on uh, really, really well with Stevie Cooper as well, and uh, and Big Coops used to give me a hard time if I wasn't if I wasn't bullying or getting on top of strikers and stuff like that. But and to be fair, I'd give him the same. But I thought we were we were really, really exceptional that day to a man. Uh, like you say, the highlights. What you can say is. Big John didn't really have much to do in the game, which which is a good thing for the whole team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you could you could go through every player on that on that day, and even even I thought we through the season, like you, like you say, you you play them that many times, but it just takes a bit of a bit of genius or a little bit of tactical that changes something, and that's what win games or lack of concentration. But we were so so up, and the club, to be fair, the club prepared you right for cup games. Uh, they would take you away to a hotel a couple of nights before and stuff like that, and 
we'd relax and we'd enjoy ourselves with the manager and work hard but have a bit of fun as well before each game. And so that's on the pitch. You can obviously try and g each other up a bit off the pitch. You never, I expect, with a group of guys as big as that, not everybody's going to be best mates all the time. And there'll be some people who, uh, who if they weren't in the same team, probably wouldn't talk to each other. But the, the, the spirit in amongst that team was it good? I know in that time, like the Rangers team, it's the team that drinks together, wins together, but. I suspect the other team was spread across Scotland quite a bit, so did you have a chance to socialise much uh, other than, than these away trips for uh, for big games where you're put up in a hotel? Uh, well, to be fair, we had, we had the boys for the East. They're just tight. Boys <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, for the West and us for the Central, we, we would mix. Uh, Geographically, it's how easier you can get to places and you can't get to places but uh, I mean we did spend a lot of time after training with each other maybe just in the uh, in the clubhouse hanging about and even we didn't have like a stadium at the time we were like nomads kind of thing but uh, we did spend as much time as we could when we'd finished training just to be with each other you know so I think that helped a lot and obviously gone out a few times into Glasgow and the manager would encourage people encourage the team and the boys to go out for a beer you know what I mean? you, need, you need to get to know each other off the park as well as on the park he was big on that and we spoke about that just in the fan section of this podcast as well like the the YouTube programme that we, we'd all watched and uh, you're training down at uh, Hamilton Palace grounds and, and Dodie's saying well we've not got the stadium anymore so the boys are all washing their own kit but what did they move away from Broomfield mean what was the best thing just that you could hang about what the pavilion after training if you just wanted to to spend some time in each other's company or play cards or whatever you wanted to do I mean, was that a big change suddenly not having a, a base yeah it was it was massive eh? uh, and it just shows you the, the, the character players and uh, we had as well as a manager he, he, he made sure that people stuck together the good thing about old Broomfield the, the atmosphere was, was brilliant eh the fans were on top here and really, really enjoyed it. And even after the training, we'd probably go back to the park and just be playing like heady tennis, playing games, running uh, about the goals. And we actually got around sometimes, the gaffer coming out and telling us to get home. Eh? But like you say, we couldn't, really couldn't do that doing it uh, Strathclyde Park. It was a big open area and once you've done the training, you're just in a little dress room then because the guys are travelling themselves each day. They just went their separate ways. Eh? There was there was times uh, we'd arrange or he'd, he'd, after a Tuesday, because a Tuesday would always be a kind of physical, mentally tough, hard day. And he'd make sure if we were, if we were going out, we'd go out on a Tuesday so everybody was together. And it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be off the cuff thing. So we'd make sure it was arranged so we could go and get a, a beer together, you know. After the hard day, he knew you'd only have a few beers and you'd be knackered anyway, you'd be going home. Yeah. I've read Davy Farrell's book and he talks about the retraining regime, but what Tuesday was your fat leg running and so it was just the day that you used yeah. to, to run the legs off you, presumably. Yeah, that, that Tuesday was your, your, your hard day to get, get all your physical hard runs and, like Davy said, your flat leg. I mean, we do warm-ups. Sometimes the warm-ups were just as hard as the, 
the running sessions uh, or the other days you'd be with the ball but then even on that day we thought he was kind of cute he'd see you're tired then he would throw a ball in and straight away the guys would just come to life again you're playing knocking the ball about for four or five minutes and he'd say right let's go again let's do an air session and you'd go she was quite clever that making you recover on the ball the final itself, so the, the club took you away again. We could see you down at Troon by the looks of it from the, the, the footage. Um, what's the build-up to a, a Scottish Cup final like? I mean, you've, you've done it twice. Uh, is it a stressful week in terms of cousins and stuff coming out the woodwork looking for tickets and having to do press stuff that you might not usually have to do? Or, or was it just good to get away with all the guys and uh, have a, a kind of easier week trying to make sure that you were you were ready for the big match? I didn't find it tough, to be fair. With my family, my family were always there. Saying that, the Celtic game, they're all in Celtic end. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, getting away for like the three, four days was enjoyable. Uh, we, like, there was the usual, the usual crew, there was about seven hours, six or seven hours would be the card school, share a couple of beers. Uh, then, We'd be training during the day, training hard. Like it was only like there wasn't everybody that was doing like media stuff. Used to send it the good-looking guys like Nipper and Coops and boys like that for the photographs and stuff. Uh, then you'd get you get other boys that do interviews. So no, everybody was involved. I think I've maybe done two, and that was enough for me. I, I wasn't really bored about the media side and stuff like that. Just started to concentrate in game, eh? That was that was my biggest thing. And can you remember how long did did Doddy give you the the starting lineup? I mean, did did he want people to know, or do you want people to be on edge just to make sure that the training was still, uh, was still a hundred percent, or not have people dejected as well? I guess if you know you're not getting picked, your head might go down. It must be a hard thing to decide how to do it. Uh, yeah, it's a hard hard thing. But from a from a player's point of view. You either knew you were going to play or you weren't going to play, unless it was going to be an out of the blue tactical. But if it was going to happen, uh, well, I suppose he, he treated he, he treated every player differently. He knew how to how, how to pick people up, how to put arms around people, how to give people a kick up the backside. And but he he, he always told you the team uh, you're talking an hour before kick off. That was it, and if he if he told anybody else, he would have pulled them earlier, if if like to save boys being disappointed and stuff like that. But to be fair, I think the team knew who they were going to be anyway. But you hadn't so even on the bus to Hamden in those days, you didn't you didn't know hundred percent that you were you were going to be playing. No, no, no. Until you're in that dressing room an hour before the kick off, that's when you'd find out. So I suppose it keeps you on your toes. Some players, some players take it another way because they're that nervous. I know big, uh, uh, big John Watson before games. Now big John Watson physically was sick with nerves, and you wouldn't think that from a big, big boy like a big centre half or striker. John every game, John Watson was sick before every game, just through nerves. Uh, and he was. So quite late in his career when he came to Airdrie as well you can think senior pro he would have been a bit calmer about it but there you go that's uh, it's quite interesting to hear that yeah 
And then the final itself, uh, uh, I mean, I know I've spoken to you before and I, I get the impression that there's there's a bit of disappointment, but I mean, what's the, what are your key memories from the day? And then I, I remember you all coming back to the, by that time there's no Broomfield, so it's the stage in the town centre. What was the night out after it? How did you out to celebrate? Uh, the game itself was a, was a major disappointment to us all, because eh? we really, really had it, thought we had the chance to win it. And, we, we kind of let everybody down because, uh, and we let ourselves down to only to a point and said, "Well, we should. We think we should have won it." Well, I don't think we've got to go a better opportunity than to win it. In the dressing room after it was, it, it, it was pretty down. But uh, obviously the manager came in, <clears throat> tried to pick us up, say, "Look, you've got here. Remember it, enjoy it." I mean, I always remember. Uh, the Duchess of Kent coming in, like Johnny gave her a kiss in the cheek, and everybody followed suit, which was quite enjoyable. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we, obviously we go back to town centre, we seen the crowd there. That was that that was really really fantastic. Eh? Uh, after we went to a, I think it was an Italian restaurant, Dunkirk Bridge, or Guidis was it? The Guidis, I think, mm-hmm. maybe. I, I can't really remember. We had we had the family there, and, uh, but to be fair, it wasn't a it wasn't a great reception because the boys were disappointed. Eh? Yeah. So, no, after that, from the town, which was good, and then after that, it wasn't as wasn't so good. We tried our best to get to have a few drinks, but I don't think it, it was up there. A lot of a lot of boys were disappointed. Eh? The way it turned out. So, I mean, Adrian only made the Scottish Cup final four times in a hundred and whatever odd years, and you guys did it twice in three years. And uh, I don't know with with time whether you look back on it and it's and it's less painful. But you were that Celtic team; they just started to turn things around. They lost the Scottish the League Cup final, but they didn't have Pierre Van Hooydonk at that point. And, and you were also hard done by having to go to Hamden, which had been their home ground for the year, which gave them a bit more of a, an advantage as well. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, uh, Graham Hay, uh, you've got a part-time uh, defender up against Van Hooydonk, who was going to be a Premier League star, so you did have, uh, as you had in just about every round that year, you, you were the underdogs, um, but uh, I, as, as a fan, uh, I mean, uh, I just can't believe they went to two cup finals in, in such a, a short space of time, uh, and and it's amazing that you guys were able to do that for us. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, to be fair, it was a great achievement, uh, and, uh, and I can always remember John McVeigh sitting after the first cup final, and he'll say, "He'll say, well, see, in about twenty years, you'll look back at this, and you'll say, Jesus, did we actually do that?'" Uh, and that was on the first final to do it twice. Uh, uh, I thought was exceptional for a, yeah. a team for Airdrie, and it, it just just goes out. And you look at the players, and we didn't have exceptionally talented, gifted football players. We had good, good, good football players, and to do what we done, I thought, especially when you go through that ninety four ninety five season, cup cup games. If it wasn't for the like your old Davy Sign thing, we would have went a whole year, you know, right through. You, you never know. 
in hindsight, you never know what could have happened there. Yeah, oh, well, 94 95, so you've got semi final of the League Cup, you win the yeah. BQ Cup, and you get to the Scottish Cup finals. So I don't know how many games you played, but it must have been, what, 60 odd, 70 odd games. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's, it's incredible. Uh, and. Uh, as you say, there's plenty of Premier League teams who, who never seem to be able to get to the Scottish Cup final. So for you guys to have done it with everything stacked against you and no stadium and uh, not that much money on the, the playing budget, it was incredible. Uh, and I know you always have that dis- bit of disappointment that they didn't take the, the the final step, but it was against Rangers and Celtic. So uh, it, it was a, a massive ask. I mean, is there is there anything else on the that you remember from the... Uh, from the whole experience, so watching the video, one of the funniest bits was uh, y- your good mate Alan Lawrence. I think he must have been the first person in the Airdrie Town Centre ever to have a mobile phone. And uh, there's like an outtake off it, uh, and, and Nipper's got uh, the thing's huge. Uh, but I don't know why anybody had a mobile phone then, or whether it was just his agent had given him to tell him to do a bit of press about the uh, the cup final. Um, but but uh, what what the happy memories of the the run and the the kind of squad that you played with? Uh, well, I, I remember I remember that, what you're talking about, me and because I think we, before, before that even came about, he was like the jack of the lad with a flash phone, and I think, I think it was a Motorola or something like that. Like you say, it was, it was like a small brick. But uh, no, I, I'm, briefly, I, I really enjoyed when we went away, uh, preparing for games, I mean, the camaraderie in, in the hotels was second to none. And then on, on top of that as well, the majority of guys that were involved with the team were the players were doing that uh, film with Robert De Niro, uh, uh, Robert Duval, sorry. I mean, and I think when, when you look at it, if, if the guys hadn't, been so successful and they were successful in the park for what, what they achieved and they wouldn't have got the rewards and recognition from to this day from still from people eh? so I, mean, I take my hat off to all the players that were there played with exceptional football players and to a man they were, they were fantastic yeah and it was supposed to be last game of this that this season there was a chance for you all to get together uh, I, I think they d- termed it a bit more broadly it was just looking at 90 squad uh, so it's a shame because I know that Chris Honor was going to come up for that and I'm sure it was a, a good chance for a lot of you to get together uh, I mean are you are you still close to a lot of that group just from all that you've been through together I mean yourself especially you were at Airdrie a very long time uh, and it's rare to get a, a group of guys staying together as, as long as that who are you, who are you still close to? Uh, I'm, I'm still close to uh, Wee Nipper, uh, Kenny Black, Jimmy Boyle, Sandy. So I mean, I, I talked to a big joke now and again and Jimmy. So but Jimmy's still a tight get asked me to pick me up at the airport one day if it was when he charged me a fortune. But, uh, yeah, no, we, we do, Evan Balfour, I mean, we do keep in contact when we can. It's amazing because he, like, a lot of boys play with boys and they never see or talk to each other again. We've still got that relationship. If we bumped into each other, I'm sure we could start a conversation, have a bit of crack and a good laugh together. I mean, I, I mean I, you're talking about Chris on. I, I, 
I've been talking to Chris as well on social media and he was looking forward to coming up because he was asking me if I was going to be back and I'd say to him, look, I'll, I'll make sure I was back for it. So it, it would have been good, but just unfortunately things are, things in the world have happened and it's, it's not been able to happen. Yeah, well, I think there's a there's a chance for the fans. It's up to us to make sure that 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 happens because uh, uh, you brought us so much uh, excitement and enjoying that cup run and just your whole time at the the club. So uh, it, it's not that difficult for us to just get that rearranged, and it'd be great to give you guys all the the chance to be in each other's company again. So, Paul, thank you very much for for giving me your time again uh, and for all the all the excitement they gave us 25 years ago uh, and yeah, I hope that you uh, watch the, the documentary on it and get the medal out just to, to celebrate because yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's an incredible achievement so thank you very much for all that you all that you achieved. Thanks Colin, I appreciate giving me the time and to all the fans out there, thanks very much. Uh, you've heard the view from the supporters of 1995, you've also heard from Paul Jack but every masterpiece has a master at its heart and I've got him on the phone I'm delighted to be joined by Alex McDonald. Alex, thank you for taking the time to have my call. No problem pal, I'm absolutely delighted. Uh, you joined Airdrie in 91-92 and you had instant success with the team uh, from the outside it seemed like you managed a difficult task of building on what was already there in terms of Johnny Martin, Sandy Stewart uh, Evan Balfour, Sammy Cohen, Coyle, Lawrence, Watson, Andy Smith but then you also brought in seemed to me guys that you'd worked with before and you knew you could trust from, from Hearts uh, with Sanderson, Kid and Black and then getting some gems from elsewhere uh, where you'd Chris Honor, Wes Reed in later years you would find gems like Stevie Cooper and Paul Harvey I mean, did, did you have much time before you took the entry job to, to plan for all that? And <laughs> No No, I'm afraid not um, i tell you a story before I had an interview with St Mirren and myself and Davy Hay and a lad asked me, one of the directors asked me what do you think you can do for St Mirren, Mr McDonald? I said, well, it took me a couple of years, but I took um, Hearts into Europe, and he laughed. So what happened after that was David got the job, and I got every job and took him into Europe. <laughs> Within one year. <laughs> I wish I knew the boy's name, or I had that bat in the book. You know, it just shows you how things happen. And in terms of, I mean, did you know much about the other team? Did, you, did your Hearts team played against them? Did, did you know the... the, the the talent that was already there, or were you pleasantly surprised when you when you took over? I'll be honest with you, I had Sandy Stewart at Hearts, um, and I think Sandy thought his time was up when I went here, but the fact was that Sandy was an excellent player. He could play anywhere, and that includes goal. And um, but Unfortunately, I was getting the likes of Craig Levine and David McPherson, so it was obviously give Sandy an opportunity to go somewhere else and play, you know. And similar with Jimmy Sanderson, I mean, I guess at Hearts he had Levine, McLaren, and uh, and others in front of him. So uh, he must have been pleasantly surprised when you came to get him as well. Well, uh, we were up in up the Highlands and we bought Jimmy, and there were these waiting for him. But for by Jimmy's ability, um, he was very good. His um, personality was good as well. You know, he was good in the dressing room, good in buses, good in away dressing rooms. It was like the majority of the players. They were all interested in improving themselves, interested to do better. And, you know, and, and they had a tremendous attitude. If we move on to, 
tactics a bit. So we've had a fan section of this podcast and we've been praising the way that you went about organising the teams in that cup run. So so you managed to outfox Dunfermline, Wraith Rovers and Hearts, all of which were probably the favourites in the matches against you. And you came up with some interested selections and formations for those matches. Uh, how much about preparing for a, a big cup game was, was about having those teams watched by scouts or yourselves or how much was it just confidence? Basically it goes with the people in about you, you know, like John many of it, John, you know and, um, it was superb um, I had John at heart he went to watch the opposition and he gave a I think he worked for the FBI, you know the way they come back with his teams and how they played and corner kicks for and corner kicks against you know, um, no, it's all it's all down to um, it's not all down to me. It's all down to people, and I'm I've got to listen and and take the best out what I think is and these go for there. But the most important thing that that the Airdrie lads took to very well was their fitness level. And um, like say Paul Jack and Sandy Stewart, they could both go man for man marking, and if the the winger went to the other side of the park, then. They would just follow them, you know. The, the, their ability, man, Mark was um, absolutely tremendous. And if you try and boil it down to, uh, to to key basics, I mean, you throughout your time at Airdrie, you had us punching above our weight in, in the cup competitions and causing upsets. Uh, are there are there fundamentals in uh, in your approach that you think led to that, or is it just on the day getting the guys up for it? Well, obviously, um, you, you you understand who you're playing against, as I said. Um, We've got John Binney um, having a look, and um, he was absolutely brilliant at it. So we knew who the danger man was and who was picking who up. Um, I mean, it all started from um, Charlie Nicholas. Uh, Model, we was at, and I put Sandy on him, and I told him to stay with him. And um, on the Monday, we were butchers, basically because Nicholas couldn't get away from Sandy, yeah, and he didn't give Nicholas Sandy didn't give Nicholas a kick at the ball, things like that. Um, and a lot of people don't um, they stand and support their team they don't obviously see things that people who are sacrificing themselves to to do a particular job you know Your own playing career was massively successful you're one of only a handful of Scottish players to, to have won a European competition uh, was there anything you took from your, your time in the Rangers European runs uh, into the oh, approach yeah. that you adopted at Airdrie? I basically took everything for Rangers um, all the different managers um, especially Joe Wallace um, his fitness training was absolutely brilliant so I took that to hearts and um, I don't exactly say maybe I did a wee bit extra with, with George McNeil who brought in a speedball and um, you know things like that, the speedball was very good there's an upper body thing so as far as their fitness with leg wise their upper body was fit as well and um you know, I've got to hand it to every players. I mean, never taking the gear home, washing it, ironing it. You know, well, no ironing it, but washing it, bringing it back every day, um, going up to the sports centre and trying to make the best of it. They've done it exceptionally well. I mean, I think they enjoyed it. That's the most important thing, coming into training to enjoy it. And yeah, in 1995, you didn't have Broomfield anymore. So uh, how, how did that affect your role? I take it you, you don't have a manager's office at that point. Did it make it a lot more difficult for just planning your sessions and everything? Well, we, we met basically when we were going up to the, the sports centre at Airdrie and we decided 
And I've, I've kept a book um, for training, whether it's a good day at training or a bad day at training, um, training before cup dies, I'll get back to it. Um, I'd write in the, in the Sunday morning what I thought every individual player done. So in the next game that we went back to that particular place, I would tell them, you know, you, you didn't do too particularly well here, so let's get it. But they were listeners, they, and they wanted to do well. You know, they were fantastic mob. How about scouting at Airtrade when you picked up um, Chris Honor, who had only really been a bit part player at, at um, Bristol? Uh, you also got Stevie Cooper from York. Who was doing that? Did you have contacts down there, or were you just driving all around the country? Yeah, I had a personal friend. Um, he got me Peter Davenport. Um, he got me Justin Fashion U. Um, and basically, we picked up um, Wes Wersel from and then you watch another player. Um, for the oh, I can't remember who it was now. And they say to Big George Peter says, There's a boy you want to sign there. That left back and the boy name was Babs. We eventually went for a couple of million pounds, but we phoned up to buy him but no, they were expecting big bucks for him. That was the Bradford, wasn't it? I'd heard that you, you went That's to watch you picked out Phil Babb, um but uh, they were they, they were onto the value of him and is that when you were scouting Wes Reed that you you picked up Phil Babb as well? Yeah, yeah. Gus Caesar as well was another one. Gus was exceptionally quick. Um, We'd done really well that way. And obviously, the Hearts boys, they knew exactly what was going to be asked from them, um, fitness-wise. And it was a good good atmosphere, a good, you know, big Evan Balfour and that. You know, they're all absolutely brilliant. I know that missing out in cup finals is always disappointing for, for yourself and for the players um, but hopefully with the time that's passed it's it's seen in context and Airdrie only made the Scottish Cup final four times, you did it twice in three years, it's, it's quite incredible um, What are your happiest memories from your time at Airdrie and f- from the cup finals have you got anything that, that sticks out in your mind? Uh, not particularly, every day was um, was a cup final to me You know, it was, it was, it was good to get in and as I say with enthusiasm of the players it, it makes it easy for me, um, you know. And they listened. Um, you maybe have to tell some of them quite a few times which I get pulled up for with Sandy Stewart. But the, the guy in the reckoning, I say to him, "Does he play every week, Sandy?" He went, "Aye, well, he's not listening. Can he? Can he take it in? Can he?" But he played every week, so we're not mentioning any names now. But we're not to do well for Airdrie. But like the only, um, you knew only was going to be in the football because. To start with, you didn't drink, so that doesn't make you a good player, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what about? I mean, I've got recollections of coming back to Broomfield in, in 1992 and the, the, the town centre in '95, and there's, there's some brilliant pictures just of uh, both places rammed with folk. What was it like coming back in the uh, the bus after the cup final and just seeing the reception that the players got? Ah, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, even all the shops said it. You know, everybody certainly turned out to support their team, there's no question about that. But listen, the thing is about losing cup finals, certainly we don't like that, but, but we're more disappointed for the supporters, not for ourselves. Um, we could re- it was up to us, we could release our, our pressure on the park or screaming and shouting for the dugout. But, you know, you're really disappointed you send people away and they didn't achieve. Unfortunately, it was against Rangers and Celtic, so... In hindsight, they, they, they put up a magnificent show. And if we, Wes had scored that goal and made it two each, it might have been different against Rangers. Yeah, I just clipped the bar. Uh, yeah. 
you were successful throughout your, your playing career and your management career. I mean, how how do you how does your success at Airdrie compare with what you achieved at Rangers as a player and and at Hearts and turning that club? Do you think it's up there? Oh, definitely. There's no question about that. When you're we when I'm with Hearts, um, you want to do the best for them, for their supporters, and more so with Airdrie because um, I don't think anybody thought we could do what, what the players achieved. So, I mean, that is definitely up there. There's no question about it. And I still thoroughly enjoy coming back. I've been invited over with Bobby Watson and Big Martin Ferguson, who I know very personally, Big Martin. He's a nice big lad, great big lad, full of enthusiasm. It has always been that way. Um, I used to travel with him and Alec Ferguson, and um, you had two brothers who were going head to head. Who was this and who was that and who'd done this? You know, it's, all the memories are absolutely fantastic. Um, Avery's obviously the one, the last one, which was great. And it seems to me you've got a, a wealth of experience, and I, I get the impression that coaching methods maybe change from time to time. But uh, in terms of if you were to be a mentor for someone, with Steven Gerrard sitting there looking to break a, a dominant Celtic team, well, you've got that in your pocket. Uh, there's managers at Hearts looking to have to rebuild and turn that club around. You've done that. The Airdrie are trying to find ways to achieve. You've done that as well. Uh, do you ever get asked to, to kind of mentor people? I mean, you've got so much experience, it, it seems a shame if, if people aren't asking you to pass that on. No, no, not really. I think the game has totally changed. It's, it's a game of kickball, um, which I don't think it shows any individuality. The younger players, um, we played in, in the street, we played in parks, grass, gravel. And then we learnt ourselves. Um, we did get coached, but coaching now is totally different to to what he had. It's like try to tell Alan Lawrence, don't run with the ball, pass it. <laughs> you know, this doesn't work that way. No, with me anyway. I'm glad I've I've done it and seen it. Um, to me, it's not the same. Not the same game now. And things change. I mean, Liverpool play with a, a front three and press from the front. Doesn't sound unlike your air trade. Do you think it will come back into fashion where we'll see a bit more individuality and, and more attacking formations again? Well, I'd certainly, um, certainly, yeah, I enjoy that. I mean, we had a great time with Airdrie playing three up because they had to keep four back. But after a couple of years, people realised and they just went man for man with a three up. So <laughs> it's interesting. So cat and dog stuff that um, we achieved at, at that time. But everything changes, you know. You, you get. I mean, it starts away back many, many years ago. You had a big, you had a big winger, so you had a big fullback. You had a fast winger, so you had a fast fullback. You know, does not really change. Thank you very much, Alex. I'd just like to finish with a massive thank you to. You for all that you did at Airdrie. I grew up watching your teams and I was never short of heroes and never short of excitement. Uh, I know that Airdrie are a li- little bit behind uh, having a former players club or whatever, as Hearts and Rangers do, uh, but Stuart Miller's been doing a power of work in that and I know that it was planned to have everyone at the Peterhead game, so I hope we get to see you all at the stadium soon uh, and just enjoy the memories of, of what you achieved. So thank you for everything. Listen, uh, listen, the boys have come through, you see me um, and, 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 and numerous occasions we've came down to the club with Rob Roy we've came to the club in Kirky um, the other boys um, the, they still come and see me and, and it's absolutely fantastic they do um, so 
I'd like to thank you for giving me the opportunity. I think you've really got to know us, and know the type of game that we actually try and play. And I've said it before, we've done it with hearts. We pressure people. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a case of I'll let you play if you let me play. I mean, that's, that doesn't work as far as I'm concerned. In my book, uh, uh, training or tactics, it's that I'll play if you let me, but I'll not let you play. You know, that's the bottom line. I think that's, I think that's the way everybody should be. Hearts are certainly playing a lot better now. Um, Tommy's got them organised, but... I think if you look at it right, I'm bigger than Tommy and, and I think I'll win in a day. No, we always um, play the way we're, we're taught, we're good at, um, the way we've been doing for the word go, and um, we'll attack them. Well, we'll certainly be trying, but it's ifs and buts. If um, we won the last two games, if Mother will get beat, if Falk will get beat, if. On saying that, we've got to do the business, it's all down to Adrian. You've not got it in the bank, then you've got to have it in fun and things like that, you know. And, and we work hard, we train hard, and. Um, you know, we like to have a bit of fun as well, you know, a bit of carry-on, a bit of banter, a bit of one-liners and, you know, you've got to try and get the players want to come into train. Um, and we certainly try and do that. I think you've always got to go for it. There's no point in sitting back, you've always got to go and attack. And like everybody else, if you're a good chess player, you, you attack. Like here we are, it's cup final day, it's all starting to sink in now. Hazel, I don't recognise you without your makeup. <laughs> you, you certainly are, the underdogs in this one. Do you, do you actually relish that? Well, we're always underdogs as far as um, a lot of people are concerned, you know, they're either going to stick with kicking or pushing or something like that, but we rally around, you know, we get together, it is a team game and we look forward to that sort of stick. It might be a daft question, are you going to let them play? It is a daft question. <laughs> um, <I think so. laughs> At 1-1, you changed it to go even more attacking, obviously you weren't happy to come here and get a draw. No, no way, I'm not. Everything else, I think, the, the rest of the league would have been happy if, um, if we took three points off St Johnson, but I think the majority of us are chasing the second position. So, And uh, even last week we finished with four strikers. I think you've got to win. Well, all the best you, Tommy. You showed us to the lads. This is what you'll be up against tomorrow. Doddy's diamonds. And they're there. Cheer up, cheer up. <laughs> we'll be there. Do you think you sort of laid that sort of reputation today? Well, we, we obviously signed two football players and Paul Harvey and, and Boy Davis and um, we've tried to get a, a, away from that image. And But at the end of the day, if my players are only going about pressuring people and tackling and jumping, then they're no good to me. I think that's basically what the game is. It's, it's all about getting the ball and playing football. If you've not got the ball, you don't let them play. You know, it's all down to them. You know, they've done extremely well. And, and you know, they take home their own gear and they wash it, they iron it. And I've never seen them so well dressed, to be honest with you. Without naming names, I mean, uh, where, where does the blame lie there? Well, I mean, there's no problem. It, it, the blame lies with Chris Honor and Sandy Stewart. Um, they didn't pick up the runners. Um, it's basically straightforward of who's picking who up. Sign a wee bit, Sandy. A wee bit cover. There it is, there it is. Come on, Alan. The players are doing really well. It's, sometimes we sort of look and see who's actually coaching this team. <laughs> Oh, who is coaching this team? Um, we don't know. Yeah, that's right. That's the type of player Paul is. Um, you don't want to put him under pressure by um, talking tactics, so you just give him, let him do what he's good at. And he's done that tremendously today. He scored the goal. You know, he's done really well today. Started with a, I looked like a 3 4 3 formation, which was very adventurous for an away match. Was that your thought right at the start? Go and try and win it? Always play with three up front, Joe. Always have and always will. Um, I think at the end of the day, the three forwards are always cause the back four problems. Um, it's just my style. I think if anybody talks about the game, you've got to do it yourself. And we Dory's done it. He's done it all. He's, he's, he's won trebles. He's been a religious player. Been the Hearts. He's, he's, he's been up there. He's been on the top level of the game. And uh, it's all about respect. And he brings out the best in us. I feel. 
And uh, if you want to be at the top level of football, you earn it through listening to people who have been there before. He keeps things very simple. He doesn't like to complicate anything. Uh, we, we just stick to a certain pattern. The, the wee man's good uh, at motivation. His motivation's different class. He'll get them sorted out, you know, going out before games. The last five minutes before they go to the dressing room, he's at his best. And I think that's evident when they go into the park. You've been involved in finals before with Hearts and also with Airdrie. You've been runners-up before. What would it mean on a serious note to you if you could do it this time? Well, honestly, it's not about me. It's about the lads behind me. Um, they've put all the effort in. It's them. It's whether they go home with a winner's medal. It's, that's the bottom line. I just make sure that they're dressed right, they've got the right gear on, <laughs> they've got um, the right blazers on, you know, so that we, um, we don't get it wrong on a day, but no, it's all about them. Absolutely superb, Chick. Um, this is what I'm about, about for the players, and I only hope that we can use it for next year, and when we go to the park, this year we gave 110, I hope next year we can give 210. That's what it's all about. It's magnificent. The sense of a bit of emotion with you at this moment. Well, I think it's only 2-2 two -two that everybody's got to have that, you know, I, I mean, these people are, you know, look at them. I mean, thousands, I mean, what can you say? How does this compare? Do you have some great moments of Rangers? This is up there, isn't it? Of course, no question about it. No question about it. Anybody you play for, you give your best for, you appreciate exactly what they do for you. All through my career, everybody's appreciated effort. If you got skill, you get skill. If you get skill with effort, you're a player. All these diamonds, these people, aren't they? They're the players' people. They're the players' people. The players had to shoehorn themselves into Broomfield, but once inside the ground, the singing and dancing really started, and again the boss was conductor and choreographer. Ladies and gentlemen, honestly, I stand here a very humble man for the amount of people who have come out to see us coming back. Once again, we've um, probably let you down, but... We really like to say that we've done our best, we've tried and we're not finished, we could hope to be back there again and many, many times. But if you can see everybody here, we're really proud that we've done it for you and we're really proud to be part of you and we only hope that you be part of us and sing. Yeah!